0: Yo, it's the South Side's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's it? Blast deep into the night and a two-run homer for Baez. And
1: there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left-center field. it goes in motion left, snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left, angling 25-20. Got a
0: block for Brob. 50, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Don't win it. Trubisky's going to run it, and he is going to get a first down! How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh my goodness! In the ring, Steamboat's got him up! A slam! But Flair, he's got crazy. one, two! He made it! Steamboat's like Russell! And Flair has done it! Flair has done it! Under the Hood, with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: Welcome in to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are live from the First Midwest Bank Studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. We are live till 10 p.m. tonight. We are open for business and your phone calls. At 312-332-3776. Lots to do tonight, Abdal. We will talk about the Chicago Cubs in about 15 minutes, but we start tonight with the Chicago Bears as training camp continues down in A. Yeah,
2: a rainy camp today, but that didn't matter as they still have to practice in the rain because uh, sometimes it rains at Soldier Field, Chris. Sometimes it's windy there. And of course, the kickoff continued and Mitch Trubisky looked good because it's practice uh, and that's what you do when you practice. You look good. They put put you in situations to to succeed and, and all the talk of today, Chris, was that Mitchell Trubisky—he's—he's he's commanding the offense this ah. year. He's not—he's not learning it. He's not learning it.
1: Commanding it. Well, that's what we can hope is that that's the turn that's happening in the second year under Matt Nagy's system. Is that Mitch Trubisky is growing into a quarterback, not just a player who's out there calling plays, mm-hmm. who's an athlete. That's exactly what Bears fans are looking for when they take a look at Mitch Trubisky. Here's Trubisky today talking about how he has been his harshest critic to this point. Looking at mistakes and then looking at areas that, that I've, I've grown in and then um, when we have a mistake on the field, make sure I'm talking to my guys, make sure we're fixing it, uh, make sure that I'm doing my job, my eyes, my footwork are in the right place, I'm going with the right spot with the ball and then just controlling what I can control and uh, just improving it. So just taking a lot of mo- uh, notes, having that constant communication of, uh, with coach, uh, having uh, what he wants me to do on the field and kind of just be an extension of him. But yeah, just continue to criticize myself and uh, try to be a perfectionist but uh but see the growth as well so uh, just it, it's practice you're going to make mistakes they're they're meant to be uh, made but you got to come back uh and, and correct them and get better each each day so that's mitch trubisky from earlier today after practice and from all accounts so far things have been going very well for mitch trubisky down in ad
2: yeah, uh, smooth camp so far. No major injuries. I think there, we've, there's been like five ACLs I've seen so Oof. far, is what Adam Schefter reported earlier, uh, so far at other camps. But just minor injuries for the Bears, which is good. And like I said, the uh, the kickoff continues. The defense looks good. The offense looks good. And now the, uh, uh, the, the hype train has officially left the station like it's all aboard the Bears hype train because as you get further and further into the season Matt Nagy joined Carmen and Yurko earlier today he talked about how a lot of the guys aren't going to play in the preseason he's basically going to run the same uh, playbook that he ran last year in the preseason where you know you didn't see a lot of the guys you didn't see them in the third play preseason game you didn't see a lot of the starters because of the injury concerns and because you know we can get what we need to get done in practice and in the meeting room and ultimately we want to keep these guys healthy so it's not like I don't think we're going to see bad play from any of these guys. So there's going to be nothing to halt the hype train as we get ready for Bears Packers to kick off the season on Thursday Night Football.
1: Oh, yeah. And I don't think you're saying anything that's uh, earth shattering. No, there. No, 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 not uh, at all. Black and Abdallah here singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. But it is the truth, though. The fact that the hype for this team is going to be crazy throughout the camp and throughout the preseason a lot of it has to do with expectations but the one interesting thing that i was thinking about earlier today was this uh for a team in this city with the hype that's behind this bears team this season isn't it kind of surprising that this group has yet to win a playoff game right like if you think back to the history of chicago sports usually when we get to the point where it's all in super bowl or bust a championship or bust type of a season, hype building in the off season, heading towards the season. Usually that's coming off of some kind of debilitating loss in a championship setting, right? Like the conference finals, a uh, NLCS, something like that, right? But this Bears team lost in the wild card game. Mm-hmm, so like the, mm-hmm. the one thing that I keep thinking about when people continue to talk about getting to the Super Bowl and how everyone's trying to get to the Super Bowl, we understand that's the goal. But that's also a very lofty goal, and there's steps that have to be taken place before the Bears get to that point. And I'm wondering if we're maybe putting too much on this idea that this team should be in the Super Bowl or bust and it goes back to the phrasing of you know they were one kick away. Well, and how that's exactly how, how many times have you heard that that's- they're one kick away? You know, you live in this city. We all live in this city, right? Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. They're one kick away in the from, city, call from, us. From, from getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's not the case. You would have had to play the Rams the following week and then go through the Saints. Possibly, the bo- the right? belief like- is
2: yeah, but the belief is that the way that they played and the fact that teams would have had to come to them and the way that they played. Uh, no, I, I understand it- the butterfly. By a fact I, that yeah, it could have yes, changed. Yes. But you
1: were not one kick away. You were multiple games away from winning a Super Bowl last year. Thus, any other outcome could have taken place in those other additional rounds as well. You were not one kick away. This was not a team that got to the Super Bowl and Parky double-doinked to lose the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You so, want to be listen. So to your original point, Abdal, there is a lot of hype behind this team and I'm just wondering if we're all kind of setting us up uh, for disappointment at some point down the road because mm-hmm. They really have some more steps to go before they can be that Super Bowl team. Look, you want to be a hater, you can be a hater. That's all you want to be. That's fine. I, I, I get it. You want to live your life in that take.
2: negativity. That's fine. You want to say that the Bears were multiple games away from a Super Bowl. That's fine. I get it. Facts are facts. But also, the fact is... <laughs> facts are facts. They, but... were, they were also one kick away from? from wearing rings. Okay, From wearing Super Bowl rings is what is what the popular belief is. You want to have this negative take... That's fine. Hater here to my right, See what Chris you're going to there. Uh, but the fact of the matter is this. The way that they played, the way that the defense was all season, the fact that they didn't really lose a lot uh, on defense, they added a couple good players as well. I know you lost Vic Fangio, but Chuck Pagano's a very good defensive coordinator. The hype around this team is because when you get into the playoffs – anything can happen and the fact that they were literally one kick away from moving on to the next round means that there should be more hype and that's what it is you all you have done to this team is add this team has gotten better the running backs in my opinion have gotten better by getting rid of jordan howard and getting running backs that better fit the system the wide receivers you added you got you drafted riley ridley he's hurt in camp but he, it's just a hamstring he should be fine you, you've got Khalil Mack still. You've got Akeem Hicks. still. You've still got Eddie Jackson. You've got all these guys on defense who are going to be there. And Chuck Pagano is going to be a little bit more aggressive in getting to the quarterback. There should be that kind of hype around the Bears because they should be a Super Bowl. Right now, they are a Super Bowl caliber team. We've seen teams that get to a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback or a quarterback that is uh, younger and on their rookie deal and win Super Bowls. It's been done. The recipe is there. They've Teams have done it before. That's why there's a lot of hype around this team. That's why they say, hey, look, we've got the 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 Packers coming here. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers and new coach Matt LaFleur, first game of the season. There may be some, some stuff going on. They may not have all their stuff together. We get them early. That's good. You've got a, a good home schedule where a lot of good teams are coming into your building. You don't have to go on the road and, pay, and play a lot of these tough teams. So for all of that reason, all that stuff, of course the hype is going to be real. Why shouldn't it be this is you have there are very short windows to, to win a Super Bowl. It's a lot shorter than with the Cubs and winning a World Series. The windows are short. You can go from a playoff team we saw with the Jaguars to being out of the playoffs in a year.
1: So I think the expectations are justified. That's I'm Abdallah. I'm Chris Black here on ESPN 1000, singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. Earlier today, Ryan Pace, GM for the Chicago Bears, talked about the urgency the Bears need to have while they have Mitch Trubisky on his rookie deal. You know, we talk about that. We're mindful of that. It, that allows us to do some things. But I think there's always urgency. Like with, with everything we do, there's always urgency. So for me... I mean just meeting with our scouts are all in town from all over the country today. We're always gonna be pushing it and hey, we're on the roster can we get better? And never never being complacent or status quo with any any way we operate. So that's Ryan Pace from earlier today on Cap and Company and Abdallah, you know, this whole conversation about the Bears, if you take a look at it, I'm I'm not denying anything that you said before we played the Ryan Pace cut. Uh, The thing that I would say is on Friday night, we were here hosting the show, and I pointed out that I thought the Bears were one of the five best teams in the National Football League heading into the season. Therefore, they should be a title contender. Mm -hmm. By definition, if you're a top five team heading into the year, you should be fighting for a championship at some point in this season. I'm just saying with the hype that goes behind this, let's have some perspective and remember that this team didn't even win a playoff game last year. And I know Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy both talked about it today, that they are aware that there's stuff to be, to be had for this team in the future. And they have not accomplished really anything yet. But as fans, I think we also have to remember that the double doink happened in a wild card game. Yeah, it was at home, but it was a wild card game and mm-hmm. you didn't move on. No. You didn't advance to the, the divisional round. You didn't advance to the championship round. You did, you did not get to the Super Bowl. So that's the goal at the end of the tunnel. And clearly, this team has enough talent. And they did enough in the off season to add to what they have. And you mentioned injuries. Every team will face injuries throughout an NFL season. Every single team. Now, if you have enough depth on the roster, you should be able to get past any injuries that take place. Now, obviously, sometimes... You, go, you look at a, a main quarterback that goes down, could derail a season completely. That's why if we take a look at the 49ers hanging into this year, a lot of people are kind of, uh they weren't good last year. Yeah, their quarterback was out for the entire season. Mm-hmm. That's why they're one of my sleeper teams that I would look at for the win totals because I think the 49ers are going to be oh, good. Oh, oh, if they get a healthy oh, oh, uh, Garoppolo for a they full a uh, ride this year, I think that's a really good team that could be fighting for a playoff spot. So there's a lot that goes into all of this, right? And the hype is worthy. And it's cool to see all the people go out this weekend and today down in Bourbonnais because I think people are really excited for this team. And it's one of those rare opportunities over the course of an offseason where we look at a team in this city. And we know what the expectations are, and hopefully they will meet said expectations.
2: Yeah, and I think that, we, like you said, sleeper teams. No one, The Bears were kind of a sleeper team last year. They got Khalil Mack. Everybody knew the defense was going to be good. Nobody knew that they were going to be that good. But people knew that they were going to be good, and Trubisky was a definite unknown. And then he came in, Matt Nagy, new coach, new system. Uh, he's starting for the first time at the the beginning of a season. He doesn't have to sit behind Mike Glennon anymore. So I think the Bears were kind of, now they're the hunted. Before they were the hunters, now they're the hunted. Now everybody knows what to expect. Now there's tape on Mitchell Trubisky from Matt Nagy. And now uh, teams will know what to expect. So you have to factor all of that in. You look at the Bears' schedule. It's t- it's a lot tougher than last year because they're playing a first-place schedule. Obviously, you've got the Packers and the Lions and the Vikings twice. The Lions aren't going to be that tough, but you've got the Packers and the Vikings. And then you have the Saints, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Chiefs. So And uh, the Cowboys. It is a very tough schedule this year. And so you're going to have to manage these expectations, like you said, Be a realist, like you also said, slash hater, uh, when looking at what are facts about this team and also know that now they aren't the unknown. Now they're not the young upstart Bears with, with new head coach Matt Nagy and a rookie quarterback or, quote, younger quarterback that was selected number two overall who's his first year in a new system. Now everybody knows what to expect. Now everybody knows that this defense is the best defense in the league. Now they know Trubisky's strengths and weaknesses, and now it's about seeing growth into that next season. Can he actually run the offense as opposed to be
1: learning the offense like he was yesterday, or last year. That's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Blexing. And for Jonathan Hood tonight, let's switch to this. We'll get back to football in 15 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. But tomorrow night in St. Louis, the Chicago Cubs start a three-game set against the Cardinals and both teams fighting for first place in the NL Central Adam. And as we take a look at this season for the Chicago Cubs and this series specifically, it was a big win yesterday for the Cubs, so they didn't get swept by the Brewers over the weekend. But overall, not a great weekend for the Chicago Cubs. And the way this is shaping up, heading towards the trade deadline, and what we see from the Cubs right now, this is really the make-or-break stretch of games here in this season because we can look back at this point. If they do really poorly and something doesn't happen at the trade deadline, we'll all remember this sandwich series of the Brewers, Cardinals, Brewers, and the trade deadline taking place this week and kind of point back to it if the Cubs don't make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, they avoid the sweep yesterday against the Brewers. They put up... You know, 11 runs. They scored most of their uh, runs in the series yesterday. But if you look on the road overall, that's been the difference. They're great at home. They are awful, awful on the road. They're 0-8-1 in their last nine road series. They haven't won a road series since May 19th, the 17th through the 19th. That was the last time the Cubs won a road series. They're 19-31 and on the road, or they're 20-31 and on the road after yesterday's win. That's not good. They've got eight blown saves in July. Now, a couple of those, you've had. I think you've got a couple of those that happened twice in a game. You've blown multiple saves in a game. But ultimately, this team has been put in position to win games late, and the bullpen hasn't been able to come through. And ultimately, when we look back on this season, and let's say the Cubs don't make the playoffs, or let's say they make a wild card berth and they, they lose. They lose out like they did last year. Who's who? Are, if you want to look back at this stretch, at this stretch of of games against the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Brewers, like you mentioned, or even just the road games in general, all the bullpen struggles—it's not on Joe Madden because he's sending out the guys he's got there. It's on the players that are going out there. It's their job to come in when they're called upon to get saves and to, to whether it's a clean inning or dirty inning, whatever. But it's also on Theo and Jed, and it's also on on these guys that when you look at the eight blown saves in July and the fact that they could have won a a lot more games in July and maybe put them in a position where they weren't behind the Cardinals in the standings and that could have been dealt with by spending a little bit of money in the offseason you made a bad move by signing Brandon Morrow he's been hurt he's out all year and then you wait until Kimbrell comes in I thought October was in May but for Craig Kimbrell it's his April does that make sense
1: wait what October was supposed to reverse for thirst for a second give me that again October was supposed to be a May. Like, what, what did Black just say? It was an old Sprite commercial reverse, from back then. to yeah, yeah. Reverse uh, go, calendar. Go, go, go ahead, listen, listen to my calendar. Yeah, yeah.
2: Theo said. Wait, is this one of those global warming deals that no, you got No, listen, listen. Okay, Theo right. said it. October's in May. Illuminati if, stuff? Is that October's what you October's in May. October's in May. November's in June. October's in May. Okay. But for Craig Kimbrell, who's <laughs> right. just coming in, yes. who couldn't get a deal until halfway through the season. Right. It's only his April.
1: Right, because he just started.
2: Because he just started. Got it. So he just started. So he's he's behind the times. He's not with it yet. He's not in his groove yet. And it may be too late. You may have signed Craig Kimbrell too late.
1: Well, okay, is that going to be the major storyline for this Cubs team over the course of the season? Or is it going to be the splits from the road and home record? Because at home this season, the Cubs are 36-18. and 18. That's 66% of the games they win at home. On the road, the Cubs are 20 and 31. Thirty-nine percent of the time they win on the road. I feel like that, as much of anything, has become the story of this Cubs season. The fact that they're one of the best teams in baseball when they're at Wrigley Field mm-hmm. and then when they travel about, they are one of the worst teams in all of baseball. How do you explain that? It is crazy. And it's not like Wrigley Field is some course field uh offensive. Ballpark that's creating these victories for the Cubs. Uh, Wrigley Field isn't that special when you look at the dimensions and the way it's set up. It's special as an iconic field, but Mm -hmm. it's really amazing to me the way this team has played on the road. And I know over the weekend, many have pointed to the fact that maybe it's a leadership thing. Maybe this team and what they thought they had and what they put together, maybe it's the leadership not being able to pull its weight when they play on the road. Well, what so they got? Someone's got to get up and give a speech every well, before I, every I'm game not saying on the speeches, road. But how about you hit?
2: How, how is that? Well, you think they're could not you, trying? You,
1: you think they're not trying on the road? No, I think they are. But baseball is one of those weird sports where trying harder actually doesn't do anything. This is this is what I don't understand. Where it's, people say it's on the
2: players, and yes, it's on the players to perform. But ultimately, it's not like these guys are trying to suck at baseball. Like well, they're not trying to be bad. They're, it's not like I, at home, they're like, oh, I'm going to try to win today. And on the road, they're like, I didn't like my hotel room last night. I'm not going to try today. I'm going to sleep. Th- I'm not going to class. Like, what? this isn't, they're pay- paid
1: millions of dollars, and they show up every day, and they play hard every day. Okay, but the, the splits are noteworthy because they are so dramatically different. The splits are also that they
2: had their, a start in the series, yes, uh, going into yesterday, their starters hadn't given up an earned
1: run, and this is all on the bullpen. This is all on the crappy bullpen. Right, and that ties into the original storyline of this season that Theo and Jed did not spend in the Mm offseason because they were told there was no more money because there was a budget that they had to meet from Tom Ricketts. So if you want to look at anyone, just look to the top. Just tilt your head and look up because that's who to blame for all this, isn't it? But if ownership is saying you only have this amount of money and you spent it, therefore that's the team you have, then this is exactly what you have, and this is why you head into a St. Louis Cardinals series this week where you are tied for first place in the NL Central, a division you should be running away with, but you haven't yet because you can't play good baseball on the road. Now the bright side is this. The bright side is that starting
2: tomorrow... You have 20 games left against the Brewers and the Cardinals. You have 10 games against the Cardinals and 10 games against the Brewers. And you have a chance to control your own destiny. You win a majority of those games, you can bury those guys, and you can uh, get to the playoffs. Now, ultimately, you got to win your other games, of course. Yeah, but I'm saying against those teams where you can make up ground, you have to be able to perform. So, yeah, on the road tomorrow in a big spot, it's you, Darvish. You, Darvish, Hendricks, and Lester. You've got guys that can win games. You've got guys that have been decent in their last few starts. Hendricks was probably pulled a little early. Uh, Lester probably could have gone a little bit longer if he, but he he couldn't because he called himself out and they went to the bullpen. But ultimately, those guys had good outings before. So you got to build on those good outings, and you have to be able to win these games on the road. This is a
1: huge time. This is look, look, it's August, man. It's not early. It's August. We talked to Jesse Rogers on Friday night, and we asked him the question, who should Cub fans be worried about more, Milwaukee, the Brewers, or the St. Louis Cardinals? Here's Jesse.
0: For two years I've been asked this question. I always answer Milwaukee, and I feel like I've been right. And uh, I answered Milwaukee, you know, recently on a show, and I think I'm, I might be wrong, <laughs> you know, at this point. Their pitching problems go deep. Uh, Woodruff on the I.L., She's seen not the same pitcher as he was and on the I.L., and they don't make bold, big moves at the deadline. Maybe they will this year, but not under this GM. They haven't made a ton of them. Um, I, 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 if I'm, I'm going to have to switch gears, I'm going to have to say, say, say St. Louis reluctantly. Um, I was wrong. I, I might be wrong about Milwaukee this year, so I don't want to go down with the ship. I'll, I'll go with the hot team and say St. Louis, though. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if Milwaukee found a second win. It's a really good question. I think it's a tough one to answer for me because I've always been a Milwaukee guy and an anti St. Louis guy, but it doesn't feel right up here right now. Pitching is so important, and you can't just have Josh Hader and nobody else, and that's what this team kind of feels like right now. So I guess I got to switch gears, but I- I'll do it reluctantly.
1: That's Jesse Rogers. He talked to Chris Bleckenham Abdallah on Friday night. We are Chris Bleckenham yeah. Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood. Coming up next is Aaron Rodgers overrated. Bucky Brooks on the NFL website, NFL.com, says that maybe he is. We talk top five quarterbacks next. Oh, Under the
0: Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Second and goal. Snap. Rogers deep drop. Pass time. Throws it. Looks out of the end zone. Got his man. Touchdown. Jimmy Graham. They Chung to the left side of the end zone. Jimmy Graham on the reception.
1: Welcome in to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Abdallah and at Chris Black. Abdel, earlier I was on NFL.com, and I saw this uh, column from Bucky Brooks. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Why he's not a top-five quarterback. Get out. You go through the article, and Bucky makes a great point on why he thinks Aaron Rodgers is overrated. It's not just a hot take coming out of left field. He actually points out to a point in time, if you go to week seven of the 2015 season, the Packers were on by that week, and heading into the bye, the Packers were 6-0. and heading into week seven of the 2015 season. From that point on in that year, the Packers went four and six down the stretch and they lost in the divisional round. Since then, he points to Aaron Rodgers never being the same quarterback. So if you look at Rodgers' stats before week seven of 2015, Rodgers was 76 and 33 in his career with the Packers. He had a 66% completion percentage and a passer rating of 107. Since that time the Packers with Aaron Rodgers at the helm are 24 and 24 and 1 with the one tie 62% completion percentage for Rodgers and 96% Passer rating for Aaron Rodgers. Thus, he says what we look at Aaron Rodgers right now is not the player we used to see, the MVP, the best player in the league, and that we overrate Aaron Rodgers oh, because okay. in the last mm. few years, mm-hmm. he's just been a 500 quarterback oh. with a dipping completion percentage yeah. and a quarterback rating that has fallen since okay. the beginning of his career. Okay, Chris, I- I'll respond to you with this. I'm,
2: I'm well, warning. you're not responding to me. I'm you're warning. responding to Bucky Brooks. Okay, fine, Bucky Brooks. I'm going to respond to Bucky Brooks, and I'm warning Bears fans, this may trigger some of you. Oh, geez. I'm going to take you back to September 9th of last year. With nine minutes left in the third quarter, the Bears were up 20 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, they were. It they was awesome. Lost. How they, great was that? They oh, wait, lost yeah. that yeah, game that wasn't good. No. 24 to 23 <laughs> because, because after, Aaron Rodgers exists. Because he scored three touchdowns in the fourth Quarter, Yeah. Just the fourth quarter. He didn't even need the whole third quarter. He was like, no, I'm just going to wait. Let's let Mason Crosby score a field goal first. We'll go into the fourth quarter, down 20-3, to and then I'm going to win this game 24-23. So don't tell me, "Oh, oh, Aaron Rodgers is falling off. Aaron Rodgers is falling off because he's had a crappy coach, and now they fixed it. Now with Matt Lafleur, there's been reported communication things, but listen, Matt Lafleur is a very good coach, and and I think that he's he's had success before, so I think he'll be fine with with Aaron Rodgers, and I, I think we've seen that Aaron Rodgers can be successful regardless of the coach, and Packers fans will tell you that too. This isn't just a Bears fan saying that that the the that Aaron Rodgers is good despite his coaching. Packers fans have wanted a new coach for a while, so I would say that I, I, I'll be. Uh, uh, I'll be late to that party. I'm fine with Aaron. Rod- Aaron Rodgers is a top five
1: quarterback for I un- sure. I understand the stats that Bucky Brooks points out. I don't think we overrate what Aaron Rodgers does because we see what he can do. Mm-hmm. And Adam, what you point out is the game against the Bears because on a half leg, he's able to hobble around and still defeat the Bears the way he did in that comeback. And what we thought and what we saw here in Chicago was that this is going to be a blowout victory. What a great way to take out the Packers in the first meeting of last season. And so what we have is data built in our minds that kind of conflicts with what we see when you look at actual raw numbers and data, right? The Mm -hmm. the numbers show that maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't a top quarterback as far as top five goes in the National Football League. And when you kind of take that into consideration, but then you play all the plays in your head that you've seen from Aaron Rodgers, you Mm say, hold up, he's not overrated. He's one of the best in the league. Now, Bucky Brooks on NFL.com goes on to give his top five quarterbacks heading into this season, the 2019 season. Number five, he has Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. Number four, Tom Brady from the Patriots. Number three, Drew Brees from the Saints. Number two, Philip Rivers from wow. the Los Angeles Chargers. And number one, Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. So those are the five quarterbacks. He says those are his five best quarterbacks heading into the 2019 season. Mahomes, Rivers, Breeze, Brady, and Wilson. Who are your top five quarterbacks?
2: Uh, my top five, I'm going to go for going into this season. I'm going to go number one. I'm going to go with the MVP. I'm going to go with the guy that was drafted after Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes. Hater. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, my number two quarterback going into this season is going to be Drew Brees. I'm going to go with Drew Brees, number two. Uh, number three, until the age catches up with him, if he falls off, I'm going to go with Tom Brady. Number four, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. And number five, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Interesting. You you put in the Andrew Luck there at number five. Yeah, I like Andrew Luck. I, I was debating between Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers. That was the debate I was having. And I, I, I think... They're basically the same. I can I can I put Luck slash Rivers. Nope. You gotta pick one. I, then I'm uh,
1: Then I I'm gonna when healthy, if he stays fully healthy, I'm gonna take Andrew Luck over Philip Rivers. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN one thousand and the ESPN app. You know, to Bucky Brooks' point, Aaron Rodgers last season, when it comes to quarterback rating, he was thirteenth in the NFL at ninety-seven point six. Tom Brady was twelfth at 97.7. Dak Prescott was 14 at 96.9. So Aaron Rodgers, not he didn't have last season of the year that you would expect from an MVP-level quarterback, a top-five quarterback, mm-hmm. but you would probably expect for him to bounce back. Adam, I would say that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I would put him number one on my list. I would put Rodgers 1, Mahomes 2, Brady 3, Russell Wilson 4, And this was tough. You debated the Andrew Luck Phillip Rivers. I debated this individual at number five for a long time before I had to just cave to the numbers. If you look at the numbers, you have to put Drew Brees in the top five, even though for some reason in my mind, I want to say he's not a top five quarterback. Why is that? What does that say about me that I want to say Drew Brees isn't, even though he leads the league in uh, yards or touchdowns and, and quarterback rating? He's the best quarterback in the NFL. But for some reason, I want to leave them out of my top five.
2: Because you're a hater.
1: Well, you can't see. The, you can't go to the hater card for no. everything. No, I know.
2: I think it's because it's the same reason that I didn't put Philip Rivers in there. Like, is, I'm just... is it
1: because both Philip Rivers and Drew Brees don't jump off the page athletically, and they don't kind of yeah. give you that that idea that with with one throw they're just going to beat you even I though they do I think that's it
2: is is it also because and this is going to be different for the the, the Chargers this year cuz the Chargers are going to have a very good defense this year but I'm also always used to seeing Philip Rivers trying to come from behind and not get it done like he's all like he's he's great and then his defense lets him down and then he's the one that's got to be like all right again fine right before 60 minutes starts let's do this well uh,
1: a part of it to me is that Drew Brees in my head is a lot like Steve Nash where Steve Nash and Drew Brees, to me, it's about the system Mm -hmm. where I'm not giving them full credit for the individual uh, performance that they're putting on the field. Do you see what I'm saying? Like Steve Nash, incredible with the Suns. He won MVPs, but he wasn't the best player in the league. It was more of a style thing in the NBA. Drew Brees, I understand that offense. I understand what he and Sean Payton do. They're really good. They have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I get it. But to me, the overall offense of the Saints is more important than Drew Brees individually
2: by himself. If you go to Pro Football Focus and they rank their top 10 quarterbacks going into the season uh, based on their Pro Football Focus grades and and throwing uh, accuracy percentage and all that kind of stuff, they gave number one was Tom Brady going into this season. Number two was Drew Brees. Number three was Patrick Mahomes. Number four is Aaron Rodgers. And number five is Andrew Luck. On the outside looking in, number six is Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, neither of us mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. Carson Wentz. We did debate Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers. Uh, So what are your five? Do you have the five top quarterbacks in the NFL? What do you think? You can tweet us at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Bleck. You can also call us at 312-332-3776. We'll read some of your responses coming up next. And Adam, coming up next also. I was wrong about Kyle Schwarber, and I'll tell you about that. Coming up next, Bleckin' Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.
0: You're listening to my man's in them. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: We're 20 minutes away from talking with J.J. Stankovic, live from Bourbon A, from Bears Camp. We'll get a report from J.J. from NBC Sports Chicago. Chris Bleckin' Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We're talking about the top five quarterbacks In the National Football League heading into this season, Dan tweets us. He gives us Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Rivers, and Big Ben. Nick tweets in Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, and Luck, Honorable mention, Mitch Trubisky, because uh, if you don't believe in uh, Mitch Trubisky, you're just a hater. Uh, Abdallah, my uh, list I would give you would be Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and Drew Brees. Even though I spent the longest time thinking about Drew Brees because I don't want to put him in the top five category, but when I look at all the stats and what he's done over the course of his career, I have to. I can't put someone like Andrew Luck, or Ben Roethlisberger, or Philip Rivers, or Carson Wentz above Drew Brees. I went Mahomes,
2: Brees, Brady, Rogers, and Andrew Luck. Those are my
1: five. So and keep I- keep those coming in. You can also call us at 312-332-3776. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You know what, uh, Adam? We've done this show for quite some time. Not Jonathan Hood's show, but we've been on the air for quite some time, and we've seen takes come and go, right? Uh, remember when Johnny Manziel was winning the Heisman at Texas A and M? Man, you, I thought woo. Johnny Manziel was going to be a hell of a quarterback in the National Football League. That was an L on my part. Guy, that was a bad take we, on my part. We were at bars watching woo, college baby. football, and he was like, "I
2: cannot wait for this I've guy to get seen to the anything NFL." Like that, he this was is so going to be amazing. He's going to be. The, he's going to revolutionize. He was so the much fun to watch. So and good. then he didn't.
1: And yeah, you, so so you miss on some, right? Well, I'm coming to grips with the fact with the trade deadline this week in Major League Baseball that I think we have to admit that it was a loss when we had the take in the offseason after the championship for the Chicago Cubs in 2016, that offseason heading into the 2017 season. Remember that take that we had that Kyle Schwarber, if he turns out, could be the face of baseball? Do you remember said take from Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000? Uh, Do you remember that take? We we because and and here before you yell through the radio at us. Uh, here was the logic: a guy that looked like that who hit dingers like that for a team like the Cubs. If he was good enough, he would become one of the best players marketably in all of baseball. I don't think that. He is not marketable, but I don't think the play on the field has lived up to the idea that we thought that he could become the face of baseball.
2: Yeah, and I think that uh the way that it played out, if you like the year before when they when they didn't go to the World Series, the year, you know, like you said, the year where he he the baseball on top of the the scoreboard well, right. and like coming back from the series when he
1: when he was practicing so much to get there mm-hmm. and the, the blisters on his hands from taking BP for hours just so he could contribute to a world championship team. Mm -hmm. You know, the the point that we made back then was if Schwarber turns out to be a top hitter in the National League, he will be one of the faces of baseball. Yeah. The problem is uh, he didn't. His numbers this season, uh, his slash lines, 228, 317, 484. His OPS is 801. He's a half of a point for a war player because we know he's not great in the field either. Um, He has right now 24 home runs, 54 RBI to this point in the season. He has struck out 107 times. He's only walked 46. So when you look at Kyle Schwarber, who knows what will happen in the next couple of days for the trade deadline, but he is a piece that could be moved if Theo Epstein wants to really shake things up and acquire someone to help this bullpen out down the stretch run, he is someone who doesn't really have a designated spy. I know he's been in leadoff. I know he's been bounced around the lineup. But, like, Kyle Schwarber is a guy that you could see moved this week, and that it gets back to the point when I was thinking about that, that, man, remember that take that, that we said that he might be the face of baseball?
2: Yeah, I think that there'll obviously be some feels from Cubs fans if he is moved this week. And I think that, you know, he'll always be like the World Series, not necessarily hero, but a big part of that World Series run. But what are you getting back for him at this point? Well, like if you're trying to make a minor move and you still think this guy can contribute for you on a, at some level. It would
1: have is to it, be to the American League and it would have to be a package for well, other yeah, things. Is
2: it worth it? Is it worth
1: trading him if you, if you don't get the right deal to just try to piecemeal something to lose in the wild card? 15 minutes away from a from a uh, training camp update from JJ Stankovitz. it's Black and Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000
0: oh, what?